Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show this morning. We are continuing to talk about this wonderful article on Banner of Truth called Public Worship is to Be Preferred Over Private Worship, and we've been running through why the author of this blog has made that claim. In fact, one of the claims that he had made is that public worship is attacked more by the devil than anything else. And um, part of the reason why that is, is the Psalm 47 talks about how the church, the gathering of God's people is the joy of all the earth. Um, Psalm 87 talks about how the Lord loves the, the gates of Zion, that is the gathering of God's people, more than all the dwelling places in Jacob, meaning all the individual private places of worship. And so public worship is a, is a massive event in the mind of God. And um, one of the things that this author has argued for is that God is more glorified in public worship than in private. And so we're just running through uh, their reasons. Brothers, do you have what has struck you, do you think, the most in the last three or four days of broadcast on this particular subject? I, I don't know if, for me, the next one we're going to talk about is the one that I often say from my, my own pulpit is. Um, what I think is is the greatest benefit, joy, case for public worship. Um, and it's that we get a taste of heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and to me, that's why Sunday is such a, a great day. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's the Lord's Day, um, but it, I'm getting at least a, a taste of heaven mm-hmm. um, because of what heaven is going to be is God's people gathered in God's name, glorifying God, as he ought to be glorified. And yes. Church mm-hmm. is that. Yeah, amen. At least for a moment. Yes. 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 You know, amen. One one of the wonders that we see in the book of Revelation is that the serious it, it give, the book of Revelation gives us a glimpse into heaven. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the things we see is that the serious business of heaven is worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to read one little text from Revelation chapter 4 and the uh, where it says uh, the, the these four li- John sees what he calls these four living creatures each of them with six wings and full of eyes around and within and day and night they never cease to say holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come and uh, it's just this great uh, symphony of, of worship going on uh and and that as i said is is the serious business of heaven the serious and joyful business of heaven is worship worship is what heaven is all about that we will we will worship our god mm-hmm. and i would i would go so far as to say that if 
that strikes anyone, if, if, if anyone hears that and it strikes them as boring, then I'm going to question, do you know the Lord at all? Mm. And have you ever experienced worship here? Because if you know the Lord and you've experienced worship here, the thought of worshiping in his presence as we glimpse in the book of Revelation, oh, it, it just makes us hunger for heaven and, and, to, and to be there and, and, to, and to join in that great worship. A true understanding of what takes place in worship is that we are already being gathered together with those in, yes. in, he, in heaven. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse uh, 22, but you've come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant. And so he's saying when we worship, we've come together with we've come together with those who are already in heaven worshiping. We've come we come with the angels, we come that's part of what's taking place in that public worship and the gathering, as as this uh, point that um, David Clarkson makes. Uh, you know, public worship is the nearest resemblance of heaven. I would even take it further. It is the joining of those in heaven in, in worship. And then that same chapter in Hebrews concludes uh, says conclusion with these words, therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. You know, yeah. this, is, this is the result of knowing that this is what is taking place in our worship, that, we're, that our voices join with the heavenly chorus. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, the, and chapter 12 begins with that same theme. Mm-hmm. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, it's talking mm-hmm. about it's talking about those who have gone on before, who are with the Lord. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, put off every weight and sin that sink, clings so close, and run with perseverance the race that is set before us. It's the it's the unity of the of the church militant, the church here on earth. And the church triumphant, the the church that the that is with the Lord. There's there's mm-hmm. one church, and and you're so right, the, the, Jonathan, uh, that we're we're united uh, in worship with those that have gone before. I think it's so important, um, and I would encourage you to just read through Hebrews twelve slowly. Yeah, um, but the argument is, the people used to gather at Mount Sinai. And they got the law, past tense. You would think that the the uh, the author would then make future tense. You will gather at Zion, but he doesn't. He uses present tense, and that's what's was so important about what Jonathan was reading right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, not you will. Right now, you're already in Zion. You're already worshiping in the heavenly city, mm-hmm. and that. If you really stop and think about the argument of the author of Hebrews, that is a profound statement mm-hmm. that we're already, if you will, in the heavenlies. And I, I don't think it's an overstatement to say that when we gather as God's people in God's house, we're getting a taste of heaven. Mm-hmm. I think that's the argument of, of Hebrews yes. 12. Yes. Well, think about, so in, in the Reformed tradition, we, we typically have a, a liturgy that organizes our worship service from start to end. And if you think about the different elements in there, 
they are all designed, first of all, by scripture, but designed to remind our hearts what's happening in these events. There's, yeah. a, there's a blessing at the beginning, a greeting, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a call to worship where we read typically from one of the Psalms where God is calling us into Gathering. his presence. We respond with, with song. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then you know, read the law and understand that God has requirements for his people. We then confess our sins and recognize that we have fallen short of that law. God gives us an assurance of pardon that we are really his children. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we sing in response to that. And then we hear the word, the blessed word preached to us. And then we respond in song again or in sacrament. And in each one of those elements, uh, God is telling us the heart of the Bible, which is, I am your God, and you are my people. There's a whole uh, dialogue that takes place in worship there, and if you're in a, a church that has that kind of worship, you're you're able to t- detect when God is speaking to you and when you are speaking back to Him, and and this it's a it's a a dialogue that takes place. You're not you're not just doing stuff on a stage for God. You're actually in communication with him, with the rest of the people of God in worship. Which is what heaven is. Right. Yeah, good worship and what you guys are are describing, and and, uh, Josh, you kind of walked through the order. Good worship is Mm -hmm. gospel-shaped. Just the the shape of that time and, and, and the way that the pieces of worship fit together should be a reenactment of the gospel. It's almost a holy drama. Uh, every every Sunday morning, we are enacting the gospel. Uh, as you, as you were saying, we begin with praise. Uh, but as we, it's it's like Isaiah in the sixth chapter of I, of Isaiah. I saw the Lord high, and in the year the king Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and seated upon a throne. And what did he say with this great vision that he saw? What did he say? Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. And then the angel comes down with a coal from the altar and burns his lips and says, you're forgiven. And in the same way, uh, every Sunday morning we reenact, we, we walk through the gospel, uh, the, the, the forgiveness that we've experienced, uh, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the hearing of God's word, and this is why. Uh, and I'm I'm going to betray uh, one of my biases here. Uh, worship, uh, really, uh, good <laughs> soul feeding worship uh, is not a sing along followed by a TED talk. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's gospel shaped. You are so old. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes, Amen I to am. that. Amen. Finish that thought, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought he was going to keep going. Sorry. Let us sing yes, along with a TED Talk. Um, <laughs> if you've been listening to, to the last five days here, um, well, congratulations. You, you're, you're good people. <laughs> However, if you walk away and say, well, they're just making me feel guilty about not going to church, then you've, you've missed what we've been trying to say. Um, we don't want to create guilt. We want to create longing. I walked through the uh, the life of David a couple years ago in a sermon series, and we just went through the book of Psalms last year in a Bible study. And what you find in the life of David was, especially in all those years when he's on the run, that the thing that he longed for yes. was corporate worship. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, It's not legalism. 
it was the overflow of his heart where he was saying, I have God with me. I know God's presence is with me while I'm on the run, mm-hmm. but I want God's house. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's what we want for you. Um, we don't want to create guilt like, oh, they're making me go to church. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Then you missed it. You've missed everything that we've, we've wanted to say. What we want to say is there is something special um, that happens in church. Um, something glorious, something amazing, something of the richness of God. And we don't want you to miss it. Well, think yeah. about what you're saying if um, your your wife says to you, hey, I want to spend time with you tonight. And you say, ah. Or think about one of your children if they say, what? daddy, can I spend time with you? And you say, Ugh. Let me just tape a conversation and leave it for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, when when we when we're talking about church, the public worship of of God, we mean just that—that that God actually wants to spend time with you, mm-hmm. and He wants you to be blessed by His presence, and He wants you to come into the presence of His people. He wants to actually bless us. And yeah. family gatherings are always best when the whole family gets to be there. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's an image coming to my mind as as you guys are talking. Uh, it's not a turtle it, it, on it, a it, fence post, is it? Yeah, we, yeah we're, <laughs> no, we're past the turtle on the fence post. No, but remember when God, in the book of Genesis, when God created human beings, and he said he created that solitary male, Adam, and said it is not good that a man should be alone. Mm-hmm. I will make a companion matched to him. Yes. And Christian... You are part of the bride of Christ, and uh, we need our bridegroom, and uh, we need to be together in public worship in communion with our bridegroom. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will see you next time. Mm-hmm. 